Green Diva's heart wildlife. Who can resist all those videos and images of adorable baby animals? But sometimes these adorable creatures really need our help. Let's celebrate wild animals, learn about them, and do what we can to help them. Well, I'm glad to be back to our, you know, Green Diva's Heart Wildlife because we do love wildlife and we haven't haven't done as many of these segments, but we've recently connected with Jonathan Evans, who is the Toxics and Endangered Species Campaign Director for the Center for Biological Diversity. That's a mouthful, Jonathan, just saying. It is. <laughs> But we're really excited because I know that you're going to come on on a fairly regular basis and talk about a variety of topics relating to wildlife and, you know, how we interact, right? Absolutely. There's a lot of things we can do as the general public to make our daily lives and our homes uh, safer for wildlife. Exactly. So today the topic is rodents. And I said that without a cringe. Because, you know, they're much maligned little critters, aren't they? They are. And, you know, rats and mice have sort of developed quite a relationship with humanity over the eons. And it's something that we need to deal with. You know, there are some issues with um, public health um, problems and disease spreading. So we need to figure out how to address some of these issues in a safer and more environmentally friendly way. And what I'm going to talk about today is the ways to avoid some of the most toxic products for dealing with rat and mouse infestations, and in particular, how to avoid using rodenticides. Uh, we found that um, since uh, around World War II, when rodenticides started being used more frequently... And is rodenticide, really honestly, I've never heard of that. Is that just the, the, the main ingredient in most of your common rat poisons? Exactly. Okay. When you go to the store and pick up, a, you know, a decon rat bait, yeah. um, there are certain types of active ingredients in there that can be really harmful, obviously, for the target animal, which is the rat and mice, but they can also have cascading impacts on ecosystems oh. and also have real threats to um, family members, such as children and pets. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple different types of rodenticides that are used. Um, one of the ones we'll talk about most today are what are called anticoagulant rodenticides. Oh, dear. And anticoagulant refers to preventing blood clotting. Um, yeah. they, they essentially cause a pretty gruesome death, um, mm. leading to internal bleeding or external bleeding from the animal. And when um, the rat or mouse eats these products, um, if anything else eats them, they can also suffer a similarly gruesome death. Oh. So we have some pretty sobering statistics Um from 1993 to 2000, 2008, the American Association of Poison Control Centers received about 12 to 15,000 reports of children under six years old being oh. exposed to rat and mouse poisons oh. each year. Oh, oh, uh, that's a lot. That's an awful yeah. lot. So it's and, and unfortunately, we're seeing this happening not just with children, but also with pets. Um, yeah. More than 100 pets die each year due to rodenticide exposure. But... In using these products, we're also poisoning the solution. There are um, natural wildlife um, species that actually hunt a tremendous amount of, of rats and mice. That's what they um, eat to survive. Yeah. Barn owls, um, red-tailed hawks, hawks yeah. Cooper's hawks, 
Um, every time they eat these poisoned rodents, they are essentially getting what could be a lethal dose for themselves of these um, types of rats now, and ice poisons. So does that mean if my cat, you know, grabs a mouse in the basement that may have eaten this because my husband did put some out? Um, not And he put it where the, the animals wouldn't get to it, but still, I don't like it, and now I'm going to make sure he listens to this podcast. Now you see? Anyway, but does that mean the cat could become ill? Absolutely. We've yeah. seen, you know, yeah. fatalities from cats. We've seen, you know, um, oh. some more chronic illnesses. If you catch it in time, you can take your, your pet to the uh, vet to get for vitamin K injections yeah. that can help alleviate the anticoagulant poisoning. But there are other types of um, rodenticides besides these anticoagulants that don't have a good antidote. So oh, the dear. best thing to do is to really avoid using them in the first place. Yeah, yeah. We live in a big, old house and uh it is upsetting to see mouse poop like you know in places it really shouldn't be so tell me what we need to do certainly i think i would encourage you and your husband and your <laughs> listeners to visit saferodentcontrol.org it's a very comprehensive website that was put together by the center for biological diversity and a range of other groups to provide information to the public about the dangers of rodenticides but also the solution. Yeah. So what you can do, you know, I think it really takes three easy steps generally to deal with rodenticides and, and rat and mouse problems without using rodenticides. The first one is to prevent their infestation in the first place. You know, they're going to happen. Right. They're going to exist out in, in the environment, but we don't want them in our homes or in our buildings. So you need to seal entry points, um, small cracks, holes in the wall, with metal mesh or a foam that you can buy at the hardware store that has a bittering agent that they don't like to use, right. um, essentially creating them from getting, preventing them from getting in and out of your house. Um, once you do that, you also want to remove what's attracting them, um, food, um, water from leaky pipes. Um, once you kind of get your home sealed off, then you can look for signs of rats and mice in your home, figure out where they are, um, look for rodent droppings, look for nesting material, and then at that point, you want to treat the infestation. Um, so using snap traps or electronic traps that will provide a quick, um, humane way to deal with the infestation um, without causing uh, the rats and mice to die, yeah. go into your wall, you know, cause a, uh, an odor problem, or get into the, the food chain. Right. Yeah, and it's upsetting. I mean, the whole thing, like I really personally have no interest in killing any creatures, but I really, really don't want to live with them. And I keep trying to tell them that. They <laughs> don't listen. They just don't listen. Very well. <laughs> just yeah, don't right. listen. <laughs> well, I think, you know, there are a lot of stories for us to learn, you know, from the, the problem that these, these uh, rat and mouse poisons can have. You know, there have been over 25 different wildlife species that have been documented with um, rodenticide poisoning, ranging from, uh, like we talked about, hawks earlier and right. owls, but also foxes and yeah. mountain lions and bobcats. And interestingly, I don't know if you or your readers caught the uh, December 2013 cover photo in National Geographic that had this beautiful oh. picture of a mountain lion yeah. um, in the Hollywood Hills. Yep. And that is... Um, one of the uh, success stories of, re of getting wildlife into an urban environment. This mountain lion um, called P-22 after Puma-22 <laughs> crossed some of the busiest freeways 
in the United States to get to Griffith Park. Mm. But once it was there, it unfortunately suffered a really horrible infestation of mange that was associated with rodenticide poisoning. Oh. Um, so it's become a bit of a poster child for what we can, what the problems are with um, um, dealing with rodenticides. Fortunately, they, they were able to capture um, P22, give them some vitamin K injections, and then get them back out in the wild. And some of the more recent photographs show him much healthier, happier, putting on weight and uh, avoiding that mange. But, you know, we have um, a really strong impact with just what we're doing in our daily lives. Um, so if we're able yeah. to avoid using those rodenticides, really can have a significant impact on improving wildlife and the environment. Okay, well, I'm sold. I always have been, but now I have to, you know, I think you've given a lot of good information for my husband to reconsider uh, because that's really just his area. You know, he deals with the critters, the the outside invaders. (laughs) Well, thank you. This was really good, Jonathan. Anything else last minute before we sign off? Now, I, again, I encourage your listeners to visit saferodentcontrol.org to learn a little bit more about how you and your um, significant others can deal with um, rodent infestations without harming pets, children, or wildlife. Yeah, I like it. Thanks so much, Jonathan. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, Megan. Thanks for listening to this episode of Green Diva's Heart Wildlife. Please visit thegreendivas.com, that's T-H-E, greendivas.com, to learn more about wildlife, nature, and a whole lot more.